Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 206. On this episode, we break down the brand new Crown Heads Court Reserve Serie E. If you rewind back to October of 2018, the original Court Reserve was released, uh, blended and manufactured by EP Carrillo. This time, we get an all-new blend here in 2021 created at the Pachardo Factory. Super excited to break this one down. I thought the 2018 release was incredibly underrated. Let's see where this one falls on that particular spectrum. Let's waste no more time. Let's get into it. It is. Of course it's in progress. Still excited about the fact that nobody actually knows what that what's happening at the beginning of our episodes. Do they keep asking? Someone messaged me and they're like, what keeps happening at the beginning of the episodes? I'm like, you'll never know. Well, I have no idea. But it always happens, never goes away. It's probably some new regulation. Like, you have to inform all participants that you're recording them. You can't just verbally say it. Right. Like, our system tells them. It is, it honestly is very possible that that's exactly what it is. Oh, someone also gave you shit for drinking a truly on last episode, too. Just well, funny. I feel like today is um, it's a special day where it's all about the truth and, and passion. <laughs> what could be more truth, truly full passion? Truly in passion. I just literally found the oldest bourbon, at least name of one that I could find, which is the 1920 Prohibition style. I feel like was fairly appropriate for this episode. <laughs> and you know what is always, you know what's always uh, truthful about speaking the truth is it leaves a weird taste in your mouth. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Yeah, you know, kind of love that endorsement, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I wonder if anybody realizes now as they're watching this, any indication of what cigar we're going to be re- reviewing today. Not that it matters because we announce it at the beginning of every episode. So it's weird. And I, so I screw myself up a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is we record the episode and then I go back and I make the intro to the episode. The episode's uh. already occurred. I go back and re-record it. So it's like this weird, everything has already happened, then I do that. But as I'm talking about it, I forget that I do that. So then I think all of this content is new, but I've already announced what we're doing. So I'm really just fooling myself. Well, the thing is, Corey of now does not know about Corey of later. So technically... Technically, you are, for all intents and purposes, um, clueless, clueless to what you will be doing in the future. I object, Your Honor. Um, <laughs> I object, Your Honor. <laughs> isn't that what lawyers do, though? I, they just yes. confuse the shit out of people, <laughs> and then they just go, you know what? Speculation, your honor. Um, Speaking of lawyers, a guy that I worked with was in jury duty last week. Mm. And he was telling me about the case the other day. 
Holy shit, man. What a doozy. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and he was the, he was like, I guess, what are they considered? Like the person who's the head of the jurors, like jury foreman, I guess. Would you call him a foreman? Um, so he was like the guy that like when people are really like, you know, considering and it's kind of split, you're supposed to be the guy that's like, that listen up, we got to get, we got to, yeah, we got to get to fucking conclusion here. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting uh, the things that he was telling me about the case itself. And I was like, holy shit, it was dark. I was like, oh my God, that's You know crazy. what case interests me, Corey? Case it truly. <laughs> if you go to your local Kroger or Walmart, you get yourself a six pack of Case it truly. Well, Not a sponsor. A six pack and a case are two very different things, but. Um, well, I don't recollect what comes in a truly case, but I would assume it is more than six. <laughs> I was going to make a case joke because you're a lawyer, but it didn't come to me fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) Am I allowed to drink here on the stand, Your Honor? (laughs) God, it would make make trials much more interesting if you could. Yeah. Could you imagine if it was one of those, um, like, you know, the ones that just go on for weeks, but you're there all day. It's like, oh, we've been here since 8 a.m. and it's like 10 o'clock at night. Could you imagine drinking the entire day? And then, of course, being a defense attorney and a prosecuting attorney. They should actually make that a rule. Yeah. You have to consume so much liquor throughout the day. And if, listen, if it's a 12, 14 hour day, you make your case drunk. Are you drinking on the job, prosecutor? Doc, uh, judge, I have a doctor's note that says I am legally allowed to drink in the courtroom to ease any anxiety or uh, or emotions that it might occur during my job. And that would be um, that'd be a legitimate reason to drink on the job. And you know what thing always gets rid of your emotions? Alcohol. Pick yourself up a Truly at your local Walmart or Kroger. You know what's interesting about lawyers and drinking, too? Have you ever seen a TV show and or a movie where the lawyer's on a tough case and the next scene after the trial's over or after the day is over, they're not in a bar drinking? Yeah. Literally every single fucking one. The lawyer ends up at a bar drinking. It's like, God damn, it's been a tough day, truly. <laughs> it's like, what happened today? Ah. <sighs> Do you ever just get tired of representing the scum of the earth? Nope. No. <laughs> Not for $250,000 a year, you don't. <laughs> 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 Oh, it is fantastic. I do uh I do love doing this every episode. <laughs> they just get more clever and creative, I feel like. You see this right here? This is the truth vein. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was your wiener. <laughs> is that not the truth vein? The truth shall set you free. Um God, we got a lot to get into, I feel like. 
Do you want to get into it, Chris? Yeah, let's get into the evidence. Are you ready to get into it? Let's get into the evidence. Uh, before we get into the evidence, we got some news. Oops. And here we go. Here we go. We got some news, some weekly cigar news. Some of it pretty fucking irrelevant, no one cares about, and some of it you may care about. Next month, we've got the new Avo Synchro that is shipping. Now, <clears throat> do you remember that point in time, Chris, it was uncovered that Avo was being um, misleading in terms of their blends? And they had produced like a series of four blends, but they were four blends of which they already produced. And they wanted to just show the industry like, ha, 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 we fooled you. And right. it was supposed to be this thing of which like, see, this cigar is good. But then they just pissed a bunch of people off. Um, yeah, that's Avo. Um, so they're releasing the new Avo Synchro. It is a, it actually looks fucking incredible so it's a dominican wrapper over ecuadorian binder and combination of dominican and nicaraguan fillers um the cigar itself looks beautiful i like actually the original avo synchro uh um cigars in particular um i think they have two maybe it's just one but it's like really the only avo i've ever really liked so this one, they are blending in Vitolas of a Robusto 5x50, comes in at $11, which is not surprising because they are a Davidoff subsidiary. Uh, box of 20 is $218. Um, and then they have the Caribbean Toro, and this is what the cigar is called, Caribbean, short for Caribbean. I don't know exactly how to pronounce that. Don't really give a fuck. Um, Toro 6x52 for just under $12, a box is $238. And then you have the Caribbean Special Toro, which is a 6x60. Let's just call it a Gordo and be done with it. It comes in at just under $13, a box of $22.58. Chris, what do you think about Avos? Do you have an Avo that you really like? I like the Ritmo because it had that Brazilian tobacco, I think, in it, which was pretty good. Um, but overall, I think the Avo line, I think it's like Camacho under the Davidoff brand. It's just subpar. Which one has the Peruvian in it? Mm, maybe that was the Ritmo. Maybe not, though. I don't remember. Was there one that had Peruvian in it? I don't know. I don't pay enough attention to Avos overall to really kind of give a shit. Um, it, you know, it's weird because I'm a huge Davidoff fan. Like, massive. Yeah. I have so many Davidoffs. Not a huge Avo fan. Not a huge Camacho fan. I smoked a Camacho the other night that literally on the retrohale was like sniffing grandma's perfume. It was awful. It just was not, it just was not. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? Anyway, so you have the Avosinkro Caribe, Carabe, Cariba uh, shipping next month. Um, we also have what is called the Diesel Sunday Gravy coming out, which my Sunday Gravy is just basically the Spankathon that I do every weekend. Um, but they have white a, gravy or brown gravy. You know, I think it's Italian gravy. I think it's marinara. Oh, yeah. I don't really know, but um, so I think the name is fucking stupid. Uh, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Apparently, so this is an AJ Fernandez blended cigar, and their intention is to be under five dollars. So they do have a, an associated MSRP under five dollars, and it's a six by fifty-four Toro. 
can't imagine this is going to be a super great cigar. Um, but the cigar itself was essentially an ode to um, one of the guys at Diesel, I think. Um, it says uh, the process when, when looking at how A.J. Fernandez meticulously rolls a cigar and produces tobacco. It reminds him of how his mom cooked her Sunday sauce slowly over a flame. Um, knowing she had the luxury of being able to cook all day on a Sunday night just to get it right. Sounds sexist. Um, you sequestered your mom to the fucking kitchen all goddamn day Sunday? Really? It's 2021. Let's get with it. Um, but I think, dude, the name, I sort of got some of the names of cigars. I'm like, could you get any less creative around this? Now, I will say this. I'm not a huge fan of... Uh, diesel cigars overall there's one that i like and it's only because it's technically infused with one of my favorite bourbons um and it actually is a decent infusion so i'll smoke that cigar all the fucking time but overall not a huge fan of diesel cigars and no offense but like anything that's going to be under five dollars produced by diesel or in combination with aj fernandez is probably not going to be great but it may be really good for the monday the money i just think the name is stupid sunday gravy Ugh, that sounds gross. I don't even want the name, I don't even want the term gravy associated with the cigar. It's a very odd name. Yep. And it does have a sexual connotation to it. Because yeah, we look at them as dongers. Sunday gravy. And if we called ours gravy. <laughs> Dude, gravy. that would be, let's make a donger Sunday gravy. <laughs> And it's just like a squirt coming out of the top of his head. Donger Sunday gravy. That actually would have been pretty good. When Diesel when when Diesel does it, it's not great. If we did it, it'd be real fucking yes. funny. Because we're going into it satirical. Right, right. They're, I don't think they are. No, no. Listen, yeah. Here we go again. Here we go again. Uh, he ferments and, age, and ages his tobacco meticulously to achieve the taste that he wants. His process actually reminds me of my mom and how she cooked her Sunday sauce. Now, I think if you call it Sunday sauce, it's Italian. Slowly over a low flame, knowing she had the luxury of being able to cook all day on a Sunday just to get it right. Again, very sexist. Why is your mom in the kitchen all goddamn day Sunday? I don't like it. Um, but and who eats and, and who eats uh, his mother's sauce first, the dad or the children? Ugh. Gross. I don't mean. His last name is Marzano. So when he says gravy, Italian. it's definitely Italian. Yeah, it's 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 some sort of red sauce for sure. Listen, if your gravy's got red in it, you need to seek some medical profession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's so gross when you think about it. Ugh. <laughs> Um, next up is a cigar that looks great, but probably is going to taste like garbage. And that is the M by Macanudo Espresso and it's arriving in early August. So this is the Macanudo M, but this is now the espresso infused, um, cigar. This is an iteration on top of what they used to have. It was the Cafe Con Leche and the Macchiato. So those were the two flavor infusions before this. Now the cigar actually looks pretty cool because it is barber pulled, which is kind of neat. Um, so it's using an in. Indonesian shade grown um, and Indonesian Maduro leaves to create the visual design. So the barber pole design on the wrapper binder is from the Philippines. Huh? Huh? 
um, and the filler tobaccos from Nicaragua. For that alone, I want to try it. It's almost like, can you make this cigar without the espresso infusion just so I can figure out what Filipino tobacco tastes like, um, unhindered by anything else? Um, but this is being produced um, in Nicaragua. So the Bellicoso Vitola is a 6x54, comes in at just under the $9 price point. A box of 20 is $175. And then you have the Espresso Toro 6x50. Um, so both pretty sizable dongers comes in at $829. Box is $166. Um, so I do feel that if you are a infusion lover, this may be a cigar that you would quite enjoy. I actually kind of want to try it. Are you at least a little bit intrigued by this, Chris? I am. This would be the first time I would have ever had a cigar that uses Phillips beans. <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, I got nothing on that. <laughs> um, so there You're you not go. Supposed to. <laughs> so there you go. They've got. They've had the coffee release. They had a an M bourbon release that debu- debuted in 2019. Um, this one is scheduled to hit retailers in the next week. Sorry, I, I, mis- I misspoke earlier as far as it's supposed to give you flavors of Café con Leche and Café Macchiato. Like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of those flavors. Right. And caffeinated beverages. Right. Will it work? I am intrigued by it, really. I kind of want to try Here's the thing, it. like, we, we know of Java's, right? We know of Drew Estate Java's. Everybody. And there's a couple Who other doesn't? ones that do. Who doesn't? More of a Java-esque flavor profile, which really don't come through like Java, to be honest. Right. But, um, I mean, the idea of having a morning cigar that does not involve the drink and a cigar, but could just be the cigar. Just be both. Could be both. It could be fun. Yeah, it could especially be fun. if it makes your mouth watery. You just Ooh. swallow your own spit. There's your yeah. coffee. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of one of those ones where you want to try it just to see. It could be good. I'm gonna try it, and then we'll see how it. We'll see how it plays out. But I the am Comanche. Interested. I don't care about the Comanches. Uh, that Avos. Hmm. Yep. Agreed. Well, it was diesel, but it's close enough. None of, none of them said, yeah, that's right. It was diesel. (laughs) Wait, you were just using references. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, next up on the list, Vilger is releasing the 2021 TA exclusive. It's heading to retailer soon. I just smoked last year's version a couple days ago and it was actually not bad. It's weird because Vilger makes some really decent cigars like the La, what is it, the La Vencedora, which I think is an exceptional cigar. And then they've made some real fucking garbage. Um, I don't know where this one is going to fall, but the 2020 TA release was actually pretty good. Um, so this one is going to be shipping to Tobacconist again in the next few weeks. It is made in a 6x54 Toro Gordo. It's an Ecuadorian Habana wrapper. Dominican binder and filler. Um, it's actually produced and uh, the, uh, blended by Hochi Blanco, um, which you I think you always make fun of his name, which is great. 
Um, these are limited edition because they are TA, so there's only 350 boxes being produced, and it's 20 cigars per box. MSRP on this is just under $10 at $9.50. Um, I always kind of found it hard to pay a lot of money for a Villager cigar, and also, weirdly enough, like around here, they're not very widely available. Like, you can't go find them on the shelves. I get them because I get them sent to me, but I don't like I can't find them around here. They're just not readily available. And as far as I know, Villager is more known for their short filler tobacco cigarette style cigarellos. So um, the cigar aspect of what they do, I think is a relatively kind of small piece of the business. Um, as it is for a lot of people, you know, that enter the cigar world, it's like, well, we're already fucking producing tobacco, might as well make a cigar while we're at it. But they just don't have the same sort of traction, I think, in this space. Um, I always find them to be kind of like, yeah, their cigars are pretty good. And every once in a while, they'll come out with a good one and the price is acceptable. But you're not really like running, you're not really going out of your way to find them and pick them off the shelf, you know? It's just not that type yeah. of cigar. I just don't like them because I sound like a little kid with a speech impediment talking about their brand. Villago. <laughs> Villago. <laughs> it's like it's Villager. Villago? Well, Villager. <laughs> well, it's definitely Villager. But Doesn't yeah. It sound like just like it a. It looks weird... like Villager, but it's spelled differently. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Um, all right, last one. Viaje Layer Cake arrives at stores. Chris, have you had the Layer Cake yet? Was that one that you were already trying because I feel like they have a limited release every single month and it's always being pushed in my fucking face as far as like, here's this news via, hey, like right in your fucking head. Um, I have my own no, thoughts I, about Viaje. I had the TNT. That's right, the TNT, because those are when you had that. So this is the Viaje Layer Cake 6x54 Toro. Of course, would it be anything other than a Nicaraguan Piro? No, because it's blended at Aganorsa, as they all are. The layer kit comes in at eleven eighty per stick, so just under $12. They're sold in boxes of 10 but who in the fuck buys a box of Viaje cigars? Um, that's all I'm going to say. Everything Viaje does is limited edition or special. What I always say is they get the leftover scraps from Aganorsa. Sometimes the blend makes sense, and then other times it tastes like shit. That's my that's my whole shtick about uh, Viaje. Every once in a while, um, they'll get it right, but it's definitely not all the time. TNT is solid. Uh, jalapeno mm. and ghost pepper was pretty solid. Yeah, they they do have some decent ones. Like there are cigars that I like that they blend with, which they don't blend. Here's how I think the process works. The guy owns the company. I think his name is Andre. I think what Andre does is he calls Aganorsa and goes, what fucking shit do you have left over that you didn't use? Just blend me a cigar and I'm going to package and design it and come up with a clever name. And I'm going to say it's special edition like all the other ones. And then I'm going to get it out to retailers. And they're like, okay. It's like, I need a happens. cigar. It's like, well, we got this and this and this tobacco. Well, what type of flavor profile would that give you? I don't know. Spicy, senor. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know why I'm going like Mexican. <laughs> But like, okay, so it's spicy. Okay, spicy. Mmm, peppers. Mmm, jalapeno. Mmm, ghost pepper. Like, right. I feel like he just gets the blend, holds it, and then just goes, it's spicy. I'll call it jalapeno. Yes, very much so. 
I feel like that's exactly how that process works. But you know what? Great for him for kind of figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I give I I give the brand shit, but it's like, dude, you've made a fairly successful brand, probably using the scraps off of Agonors's floor, um, and then literally marketing and rebranding those scraps as real good premium tobacco and some of these thoughtful blends that are limited edition. I can't so, wait for the uh, next one where he literally gets cringe-worthy. scraps and he calls it scraps. Oh, I'm surprised there's not already one called Scraps. <laughs> Floor sweepings. Floor call, sweeping. it, call it FS. Um, I'm I'm literally shocked that that has not already occurred. Um, but there you go. That's the news for the week. Um, and we'll have some more news for you next week because post PCA tends to be a little slow the first week and then it's always kind of on a steady ramp up again towards the end of the year. But there you go. Um, Chris, do you want to do a review? Always. This is actually the first review in what feels like weeks, right? I hope so, because it's been exactly one week since last episode. Yeah, but it's been multiple, like many weeks. Has it been a month? The Karloff, I think, was the last one we did. I think we've shot three episodes. This would be the fourth episode in between that one, I think. Uh, for anybody listening or watching on YouTube, actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure it has leave a comment. Do you want to see us do more cigar reviews or more fun stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Well, why can't cigar reviews be fun stuff? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, are you ready to get into it? Are you ready? Um, on this week's episode, we break down the crown heads court reserve. And this is the Serie E. This was the PCA release from Crown Heads this year. Chris and I have already said it. I've actually come out and said it before. The rebrand around this and the design overall is absolutely fucking amazing. It's one of the coolest rebrands I've seen on a cigar in quite some time. I've also said this before. The original release of the Court Reserve... I thought was one of the most underrated releases that year from Crown Heads and the cigar industry as a whole. I think it just kind of got flooded in a space when a lot of other really good shit came out at the same time. And it just kind of came and hit on the market, but there wasn't a lot of the traditional fanfare that you often get from Crown Heads, um, obviously kind of smoldered by uh, some other big releases at that particular time. But really, the cigar overall is absolutely fucking incredible and i mean the original so my curiosity was speak or was peaked when this one came out wondering if it was going to have that same kind of underrated goodness if it was going to explode onto the market a little bit more or was it going to be so profoundly different unique and great um that it would kind of outshine the first original release i'd say from packaging perspective if you're looking at something that's popping on shelves this one pops way more than the original like this is such a cool neat like very i'd say a good mixture of old school and new school design i think it looks fucking incredible so it really to me this would pop on a shelf and just like say hey come smoke me what do you think about that aspect of it chris and what did you think about the original? The original was for sure an under-the-radar cigar that didn't get its spotlight that it deserved. Truthfully. 
It came out in a limited run, relatively limited. And I want to say, was it, did the Lost Calaveras come out like right around it? Or yeah, was it like, it did. Yeah. The timing, there was like, and I there feel was like, like three it was, cigars. It was like one of the Mule Kick releases came out right around the same time as well. It was like sandwiched in like a bunch of good stuff that was coming out all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it kind of came and went. A lot of people who are in the know, in the inner circle, that have smoked it goes, yeah, that's a, a great cigar. wonder when they'll ever bring it back. And then it kind of had a small resurgence. Do you remember that, Corey? Yeah, I do. It just came yep. back for a hot minute. Yep. And then it went away again. And then it, it disappeared, you know, like a great murder mystery. What happened to the court reserve? Where'd it go? Who killed it? Was it John? Was it someone else? Who, who killed court reserve? And it wasn't until recently we found evidence that the court, the original court, was in fact dead. But it has a twin brother that's still alive and well. And, I, and, that's, and that's reassuring. It's good to see some semblance of it come back, you know? And um, I'm just grateful we get the chance to see the uh, the other half of that long dead brother, you know? <laughs> I'm like yeah. a long dead brother. Now, it makes you wonder, has this brother always been there? Is this brother not in fact maybe the one that killed his twin to assume his place incognito into the industry under the same name with a slight variation it makes you wonder like this is some conspiracy shit maybe perhaps it is so you know it's a mind fuck it <laughs> <laughs> is a mind fuck indeed chris um so let's get into the cigar itself we'll get into the components um we don't have necessarily the same scoring system as far as points as we had before so chris doesn't have to go through his uh 22nd here's how we explain things essentially what we're going to do in our breakdown of these cigars is going to make it very simple for everybody we're going to discuss the burn we're going to discuss the construction we're going to discuss the flavors and as we always do we're just going to give you our recommendation do we like the cigar enough? Does it hold a certain value of which we say this is worth getting this cigar? This is worth purchasing the cigars, worth buying a box of it. Um, so let's get into it. And we will start with the components of this cigar, and I can, will lead us off. Can can you can we role play? Sure. Can we role play and let's let's pretend you're the prosecuting attorney? And I am Court Reserve Serie E at the stand, and you're asking me questions about me to confirm for the court okay. I am who I am. Okay. Uh, Mr. Court Reserve Serie E, what would you say you are made of? Ecuadorian squirrel. And what are you binded together with, sir? 
Nicaraguan elapa. And what's in the inside of you? I am one part Nicaraguan Pueblo Nuevo, one part Nicaraguan Ometepe, and one part Nicaraguan Elapa. And how tall would you say you are? I am a Hermosa. And uh, uh, for for Americans, Hermosa is a six and a one eighth inches. In or metric me, meter no inches six and one eight inches by forty eight millimeters. And since you are the whore of the industry, how much would you say you cost? Whatever you'll pay for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the price. <laughs> I don't know the price. So I'm it's fair assume. to say that you work on the bartering system. <laughs> I'm going to say $11. <laughs> $11. I think the correct answer, as we have seen time before, as people have purchased your particular services, Mr. Siri E, is that you typically charge a what I would say, a very reasonable price of ten twenty-five. See, that sounds right, senor. <laughs> <laughs> to be negotiated in certain circumstances. Is that correct, Siri E? See. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. That was I great. I like how there's not a component of Mexican in there. <laughs> Which Mexican is funny accent. because the original one is Mexican San Andreas. I know. But you're like, I don't even know what an Ecuadorian... Like, what does an accent sound like of any other South American country? I don't really know. Oh, I don't know either. <laughs> I hope Wait, it's similar. I just realized my vein in my forehead looks like the flux capacitor <laughs> from Back to the Future. No, it looks like a, a wishbone. <laughs> but yeah, it does look like that too. Can you see my atrocious tan line? Great Scott. <laughs> Great Scott. Oh my God, look, I look like Doc Brown. Like I'll be Marty. <laughs> you be Doc. Oh my God, that's great. Great Scott. Um, did you know that he originally uh, turned down that role? Christopher Lloyd? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he originally turned it down and then they just kept convincing him and then he decided to do it. Wow. I watched that show like uh, how they were made movies on Netflix and that was one of them that was on there. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, so we smoked this in the Siri Hermoso, six and one eighths by 48. What a magical Vitola that is. Yeah. Always the best Vitolas. Chris, what did you think about the construction of the cigar overall? Dude, Corey tried to play trivia with me. It's like, hey, when you light this up, tell me what you think it's made of. And I went zero for four. So I didn't say, tell me what you think it's made of. I said, what does it remind you of? Is there uh, a particular cigar that it reminds you of? Because what I had told you was I had nailed it and confirmed that I had nailed it initially. And then you proceeded to guess and continually were so far off from what I was thinking that I was actually surprised and shocked. Objection. <laughs> um, Okay, that's fair. 
<laughs> I have no case, Your Honor. He wins. Um, construction is solid, dude. It's super solid. Um, dark brown with like some black marbling to it a little bit. Almost black spots here and there. Pretty rigid cigar. Almost fuzzy to the touch. Uh, with a mild grittiness along with it. With very minimal veins running through it. I literally sat there for four minutes, no, four minutes, not four minutes, four tries, trying to figure out what the wrapper was even, like, because I kept guessing, and Corey's like, no, and then every time he said that, it made me want to go in the complete opposite direction, so I think, it, what did I first say, San Andreas, or something like that? Yeah, which was the uh, the 2000, the, original. the other release, yeah. And I was like, it wasn't as gritty as like a San Andreas. Definitely not a Broadleaf, but like not as like gritty, but the color seemed relatively on, on point for San Andreas. And you're like, no. And I took another guess, and I was like, I don't know. Uh, like some weird hybrid Ecuadorian Sumatran seed. <laughs> Which you weren't terribly far off. Uh, that's true, actually, yeah. And then at one point, I was like, well, based on the bitters, I don't know. Do they do Pennsylvanian wrappers? <laughs> like, nope. And then it just, like, I gave up. And then I pulled out the card that John sent us, um, which confirmed uh, that it was neither. It was an Ecuadorian Oscuro uh, Habano, right. which, again, with these contradictory names, you know, like Habano Oscuro. Yeah, but who said it had to be one versus the other? Because we did look at the. I mean, you look at the wrapper and you go, yeah, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. To me, it did at least. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I thought the construction was great, man. And I got to give it, you, you mentioned it before, the labeling, the branding, and the resurgence of this one into what it is today, the twin brother of the first court reserve 13 is fucking good looking yeah it's great looking i dude i swear to god it's like the coolest besides what crux did and like a total revamp of their line this to me is like the coolest progression from one cigar to another in terms of like it's aesthetics alone not only on the wrapper or the band of the cigar but just the box it's dude that box is so flashy and cool i love it like we are in god's court right now and and i speak the truth because believe it or not truly is the only truth serum on the market today (laughs) the only alcoholic beverage that makes you speak the truth from your heart not a sponsor uh i thought the construction was fucking awesome on this cigar now this is the second time i've smoked this cigar and it's the only similarity that it has in connection to its older brother is just part of the logo. Everything yeah. else about this cigar, especially in terms of construction, is completely different, which I like because it is a separation. It is new. It's a different release. Honestly, I'm surprised that it shares such similarities in color. I thought that was going to be something that would end up changing on this cigar, although maybe they didn't want to play into the whole Las Calaveras theme. Um, I, I, to me, I would be indifferent, right? It doesn't really make a difference one way or the other, but I thought it was just really cool the way that they did this and the cigar overall, obviously amazingly produced. It is very firm. It's very rigid. It's a, 
it's a nice, I would say it's not an overly thick wrapper, but it's certainly not thin. Um, but it does kind of have a little bit of that grittiness to it. Again, as Chris said, not like you would see in like a broadleaf wrapper, um, but it did have some nice texture to it. It's just a really, really good looking cigar. Again, pops. Like when you see this on the shelf, it's it sticks out. And I always think about that just even from a marketing perspective. If I'm looking at a shelf and I often imagine myself when I'm walking through a humidor, what am I noticing? This is a cigar given what it has in the background of the box itself. And then of course the aesthetics on the actual cigar, you can't miss it. It's right there. It's popping out, it's aesthetically pleasing kind of looks at you smacks you in the face and i think that alone is enticing and intriguing so to me construction of this cigar everything to do with that is fucking incredible thing very very well done put it very well it is the he the court is the product of its environment rough around the edges but good looking kind of like eminem from detroit true you know yep <laughs> what do you think about the burn oh burn was great dude you know the thing is is like it does have a relatively nice thick wrapper to it um i had probably one of the straightest burn lines in the first quarter of that cigar i have ever seen in my life <laughs> it was like it was straight as shit i can't i cannot i i'm not lying truly i am not lying when i say that it was the straightest burn line I have ever experienced in a cigar to date for a good third of the cigar. It was the straightest line. I have. I don't know why. It's just like the tobacco use must have been so even, um, like in thickness, that the burn was right. Like we were still outside. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I, you know, it was humid out, hot, super hot, but for some crazy reason, the burn consistency on this thing was flawless, like flawless. Yeah. And it was an easy smoke, had a decent amount of resistance, um, easily like a two puffer and you're getting great smoke production. Never a single outage. Corey will explain why he even loves the burn. I won't speak, I won't put words in your mouth. You you, you relay your words from your, your mouth, from your experience to the court, but what I'll say is, is like, it was exceptional, exceptional. Hmm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Hold on. Wait, let's make sure you're mic'd. Is he mic'd? Can you guys hear him? <clears throat> yeah, I think they're ready. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Um, the amount of pleasure thrived from the burn experience alone was something like I could never imagine. It was rich. It was full. It was easy. The smoke wafting into my face in a very easy draw, penetrating my mouth muscles and exhaling with the same kind of intensity as it came in. This was an absolutely incredible burn experience. And Chris actually saw this. This is one thing that, uh, and I think this is what you're alluding to. So tell me if yeah. I'm wrong. Was I had to walk away for a considerable amount of time because um, I was 
cooking and doing other things at the same time, like trying to juggle like 10 different tasks at the same time. I realized that I had put the cigar down, walked away for probably more than 10 minutes. I averaged it 10 minutes, but I think I was gone longer than that. And I came back out, just picked up the cigar, and I was expecting to have to relight it as you would for laying a cigar down that long. And lo and behold, I just started smoking it again, and it just kept on fucking going. Like, it just kept on burning. I was like, I looked at Chris, and I was like, God damn. I was like, how long was I inside? Um, it was at least 10 minutes. So that was nice to see that the cigars and the fillers kept lit and didn't have to reignite. Um, that's certainly a characteristic of a cigar that you love. Um, and and similar to Chris and the way that he discussed his burn experience is I also had in multiple intervals of the cigar, not only was it holding the ash really well, but as you kind of def- see that defined line, right? The straight consistent line, it was like holding ash. It literally looked like lipstick coming out of the lipstick tube. It was that symmetrical. Like it was that fucking clean of a line as the ash was just sitting on top of the cigar. And I was like, holy, and it was multiple times. One, very reluctant to ash. I mean, I think each ash, every time that I had to ash the cigar was probably roughly around an inch or a little bit longer. And you know, for such a thin Vitola, there's not a whole lot of material there to kind of hold together. So I think that in and of itself was kind of a unique characteristic of the cigar, but just the even burn of the cigar overall, it was just like fucking phenomenal. And it was all the way through. Zero relight attempts. As a matter of fact, thought I was going to have to do it twice because I had to leave the cigar for an extended period of time. Obviously not, um, not blaming the cigar, deducting anything away from the cigar as a result of that. Being away from a cigar that long, you're anticipating that it's going to be out, but it wasn't. It's like, holy shit, like twice now I've not had to relight this thing. That's pretty incredible. Um, and the even burn line overall, just an amazing draw, amazing burn experience. Um, great airflow is the perfect resistance. This cigar is just fucking masterfully made. I mean, really, yeah. really, really, really top notch. We always say like, you know, there's certain cigars that you smoke and, and really you can kind of it's like par for the course. Like there's an expected, level that you need a cigar to be at to where you say yes this is adequate this is standard like this breaks the barrier of all the standards like it is by far and above in terms of burn what you get out of most cigars so its uniqueness around that should be something that it should be highlighted it's incredible yes your honor if i may slightly interrupt i think all of us in this courtroom would also like to take a moment to um it, he mentioned wings, Yana, and I think all of us, including the jury, would like to know how he made those wings. Um, maybe after this proceeding, um, like the recipe, we would like the recipe, all of us. Well, what was what was interesting about that is I never said I made wings, um, so I'm not sure oh, where you got that information le- le- from. Leading the <laughs> leading the defending counsel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I never said that. Um, (laughs) But since you asked, um, here's what I do. I made, what, 21 smoked wings. I smoke my wings. I'll typically do them at 225 um, for roughly 30 minutes, which is a pretty low temperature. You want to get a good smoke penetration because you do have that skin and you want to make sure it actually gets into the meat. 
Um, so you do 225 for 30 minutes, you'll flip them, you keep them on 225 for probably another 10, 15 minutes, and then you're gonna hike up that temperature right around 275. You're gonna do another 10 minutes at 275, then you're gonna take the wings off the smoker and you're gonna let them sit for a few minutes. You're gonna crank that temperature up to 425 because really what you want is you want that crispy skin. So you really gotta crank up the temperature but you don't wanna exceed that 165, 170 internal temperature on chicken because it will dry out. But you're gonna wanna do it 425 for another roughly 10 minutes, but check your temperature at about a five minute interval. And as soon as it hits that 165, 170 and you have the crisp on the skin, you're gonna pull those wings off and then you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna dip them in your favorite sauces and you will consume shortly thereafter. Thank you, Arnold, for allowing the defending counsel to provide us a recipe to, um, I have a barbecue this weekend and I'd like to provide even this house mom's surprised. <laughs> That's great. All right. Let's get into the most important part. Arguably the most important part when we review these cigars down is the flavor. Chris, what did you think about the flavor cigar? I asked you the question multiple times. You did not understand where I was going with it. We did not make the connection, but I will be damned if I didn't make that connection with someone else. But I want to hear your thoughts about it and go. Do you know how many cases I've won as a prosecuting attorney, Corey? Exactly three. Zero. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I thought I smoked. Um, strong bitters and a good amount of medium spice up front. It has such a nice complimentary start that really impacts your mouth with a lot of strong bitters. What's and to make the distinction, the bitterness that I got from the fillers felt very acute. Why wow, you say what is acute? I mean sharp, right? Like it was salty and at times, and I loved it. Like this salty spiciness just enveloped my my mouth skin, <laughs> and I loved the start of it. Now. I kept taking guesses at Corey. What what cigar does this remind you of? And I'm like, I don't know. A cigar of some sort. And you're like, yeah, be more specific. And I'm like, uh, it's a um, spicier cigar with bitterness. Yeah, okay. Thing is, is I'm, I'm still hazy on what cigar you're referring to. And I'm sure I've had it, which will make me cringe when you tell me what it is. But... I loved the cigar from this standpoint that it started off really strong with an impactful flavor with very sharp pronounced flavors and then it smoothed out quite substantially about a quarter in three quarter or like a third in and it was a really smooth bitter slightly woody but kind of earthy and good amount of like like spice that just was not at the forefront but just in the back and it just it was like a it was kind of like you know you know the lazy river quarry mm -hmm. at like a water park like near us what was the lazy river at was that at the beach chris everybody knows what a lazy river is okay it's not just particular to the beach in cincinnati ohio no there's lazy rivers literally everywhere okay 
See your tracking. Perfect. So you know those lazy rivers where it's like soothing, but it's just enough motion to kind of make it interesting. Like the waves, the subtleties, the changes in elevation and 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 speed and 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 motion. That's what this cigar did. It was it was just subtle. It was smooth. It was transitionary but calm, peaceful when it did it. It would be like it would be like riding on a lazy river of flavor. Do you see what I'm saying? Hmm. The lazy river of flavor in a cigar for an hour and a half. Imagine. You're kind of drifting down this little calm, serene landscape, drinking a Truly. Not a sponsor. Just enjoying... The lazy flavors. No, that's that's leading down a path of wrong wording. Um, it's just a peaceful flavor change up. And I loved it. I really did. I really did. Corey, I want I'm dying. I'm sweating. You can see me glistening. I wanna know. What cigar does this represent? Which one does it have? An amalgamation with, I don't even know if that's the right word, but what cigar does this synergize with that I'm just not putting the clues together in my prosecuting, questioning mumbo jumbo? Let me start with this. <clears throat> like my famous recipe, this cigar is really comprised of about 13 different herbs and spices. Okay. Making it famously delicious. Um, Chris, the one clue that should have stuck out to you in all of this was if you were to reflect back in the blend that was released years ago, the original Court Reserve, do you happen to remember where this particular blend was manufactured? Chris, the answer would be E.P. Creo. That would be the answer. Now... As we reflect on this cigar, which we just smoked, Chris, do you happen to know where this cigar was produced? Wrong again. This cigar was produced at Tabaculara, Tabaculara, Pichardo. Now, Chris, when I say there's a certain cigar that this, this particular cigar reminds me of. Juarez? It could be made in connection with a very specific cigar that has come out of Pachardo before. Not being the Juarez, you've failed again. Now, let me explain, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it real quick because I feel like any sort of expression that I give around the flavors can be summed up very simply. And I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit of a story. It's not really a long story, it's a pretty short story, and it's a true one at that. I decided to smoke this cigar about the end of last week. It had been sent to it had been sent to us by our friend good our good friend John, the owner of Crown Heads. He sent us these samples of smoke, and I decided last Thursday night 
by God, I'm going to smoke one. I had the next day off and I was like, yeah, I'm going to treat myself. I didn't plan on smoking honestly till this week, but I decided to smoke one last week. It just been a rough day. And I'm like, I need something to kind of pick me up. I want to smoke this new cigar. And I started smoking it. I took a picture of it and posted it. And I get a text from John and John says, what do you think? And my response to John without knowing his thoughts or feelings on the cigar at all, I said, it re- it reminds me of the Mild Diaz with an extra testicle. And he goes, oh, wow. That's exactly what he, I guess he did a, I don't know if he did the write-up. It wasn't for half, I don't think, maybe a cigar aficionado. He said he did a write-up for somebody expressing what he thought the cigar represented. And he said, I think he said the Mild Diaz on steroids. So essentially the same thing. And I was shocked and tickled because I had, you know, oftentimes we reflect with John and like, hey, what did you get? What are flavor expressions from the cigar? Which is not uncommon. Everybody gets something a little bit different. And then this time we were very uniform because I literally said it tastes like the Mil Diaz with an extra testicle. And it, dude, as soon as I started smoking the cigar, I was like, that's Mil Diaz fucking just ripped up to shit because it was like the expressions of spice the expressions of the earthiness were all so much more impactful than the Mil Diaz. I thought the Mil Diaz was pretty subtle. This cigar, the first time I smoked it, was like in your face. If you retrohale the cigar, dude, it is like a flood of flavor moving through your fucking brain. It's intense. It's like, it really like, that was to me when I was smoking and I'm going, holy shit, this is just amplified to another degree, the Mil Diaz. Um, and I guess intentionally that's kind of how it was perceived even by crown heads. So to me, there's not much to say on the flavor other than because I think I, I don't know how many people know, and you can go back and check the reviews, I guess. Um, but the Mil Diaz was a fantastic cigar. I love what's coming out of Pachardo, specifically the crown head stuff. Um, obviously we've talked about the Juarez numerous amounts of times being probably the best value cigar on the market where we've said numerous amounts of times a cigar could be sold for dollars more than what it is. The Mil Diaz to me was another cigar that came out of Pachardo that I really, really, really enjoyed. I enjoy this better than the Mil Diaz because again, I thought the Mil Diaz was a little subtle. I like that this is more of a heavy hitter. I like that this has such an extreme flavor impact to it. It really just fucking slams your face which I, I mean, that's, there's some cigars that I love that have just a subtleness to them that are light, that are, I would say more just kind of even keeled. To me, this is not that cigar. To me, smoking this cigar, consistently retrohaling it, it's just full fucking flavored with an inched up ounce of strength to it as well over the Mil Diaz. I really, really, really enjoy this cigar a lot. And what I like is the consistency of it because the first time I smoked it and the second time I smoked it under completely different set of circumstances and completely different environments tasted it exactly the same. So to me, fucking fantastic. Let's call it a little bit more testosterone and the nutsack of the Mil Diaz. You have this new Court Reserve Serie. Now I feel like I should be provided a response to what you said. I said... You think, but I said, I'm an investigative prosecuting attorney. I never said I was a good investigating prosecuting attorney. 
I think there's a distinction there that you've missed, sir. I'm still trying to figure out how your hair's so dark. I don't know, but I can't tell if I'm German or some weird U.S. colonel. Is it black? My hair? Is it just because my hair is so platinum that yours looks so dark? We see how sheeny it is? That's from three days of not washing. No, it just looks black. I got a ponytail back here somewhere. I agree, Corey. I think it's a fantastic smoke. And now that you say it, it does have that mildiousness. Um, yeah, I was thinking that all along. I just didn't want you to... I just wanted to make, give you a hard time, basically. Sure, yeah, of course. Uh, but I thought it was great. I didn't know how you... I'm not sure how you did make that connection because to me, it is so insanely obvious. Like the moment I smoked it, I was like, oh, that's just the, that's the Mel Diaz, but just beefed up. You know the last time I had a Mel Diaz was? A month ago? Mm, probably two weeks. <laughs> You just made the case harder on yourself. <laughs> I never said I was a good attorney. <laughs> <sighs> um, hold on a second. I'm going to put mom because she literally, I just texted her back. So I'm like, I'm podcasting. And then she calls me again. Hold on. Okay. Hello. Hey. Hey. Yeah. I tried, I tried calling a couple times because I thought I can't be that close and not go see you no i i know i'm i'm podcasting right now you're on the podcast oh hello i have you on speakerphone that's why i couldn't answer my phone this is in the middle okay. of it yeah. all right well no well no biggie honey where are you I, at now i can't be i'm on the highway because mom oh. called and she was afraid of storms so i sat in your driveway for a couple minutes and i thought well he's not answering so he's probably not home so oh no I'm, I'm on with chris right now um yeah no no i'm here yeah we just we record every thursday from five to six we're running a little bit late because i had to start late so okay well hello america okay well whoa 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 it's not just america we're in 75 we're in 75 countries you better name all of them right now hello global listeners yeah that's a lazy approach lazy approach (laughs) (laughs) nato (laughs) hello Except we're not in China because they restrict everyone's internet there. Fucking China. Um, anywho. Oh. All right. You have people from China listening to you? Not anymore, we don't. Oh. <laughs> not, not over that comment, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of shitty. All right. They don't smoke cigars there. They're health conscious. They eat bats and like live pigs. Anywho. It's gross. Um, all right. Well, sorry about that. Sorry. No, no, no worries. You go on and go do your thing and I will talk to you guys later. All right. Love you, mom. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. There you have it. She was sitting in your driveway like a creeper. (laughs) Yeah, but I never heard a doorbell. So I assume she just called me to come to the door. She called me twice and then part of me was like, oh, it's a fucking emergency, like grandma fell down the steps again or some shit. That's what's going through my head. As you're talking to me, I'm literally looking at my phone and my watch is going crazy. 
And I'm like, fuck, she called me twice in a row. That's got to be an emergency. I was like, well, if it's really an emergency, she'll text me. And she did. And then she texted me. She goes, oh, I just stopped by because I was in the area. And then literally I texted her back as we were talking. I was like, hey, sorry about that. I'm currently podcasting. And then she called me again. I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> She's getting as bad as dad. No, dad, I'm in the middle of fucking right now. Hang tight. I'll call you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, um, yeah. So to me, very, very similar to the Mel Diaz, but just amplified just a bit. I think there's just more to it, which I really enjoyed. I like the cigar. I liked the Mel Diaz a lot. I loved this cigar. I thought this was such a fucking good cigar, and I'm always rooting for Crown Heads to come out with like good cigars, but there's always one every year that just is a little bit lackluster, and I was like, please don't let it be the Court Reserve because years ago, this to me was the goddamn hidden gem. Like if you can find, you can find the Court Reserve, the original, at like if someone carries a lot of crown heads you'll find it there like i found a jungle gyms is a party source and i always pick one up because i feel like people just don't understand how really fucking good that cigar is so when i see it i go well i'm gonna get what i know is great that no one else knows about or no one else thinks about like to me it's like this is the shit that no one else fucking considers um, so I always pick them up when I see them because I think they're that good. And I was really hoping that this one would be on that same kind of level. Although I hoped it would get more hype and more fanfare. And I think being a really, really solid PCA release this year and the fact that it's an, an industry show that has missed a year because of COVID comes back strong this year. Great representation at the show in terms of turnout for manufacturers, really giving something for people to appreciate and to feel good about like hey there's this new release crown heads does that really better than anyone else there was a lot of variations we talked about this on the pca show a lot of variations of cigars in terms of changes of vitolas but not really new blends and crown heads is like hold my beard i'm gonna come out with multiples um this was the one i was looking forward to the most and i think it actually had been other industry uh um media outlets had said that this was probably the one that had the most fanfare around it. So I could totally see that after smoking it. I can see it after the redesign and the rebrand of it overall. I like the fact that they changed factories, although I really, really liked that EP Carrillo one. I really did. I thought it was really good. I like that they did this one at Pichardo and just amplified the Mel Diaz to another degree. Thought it was awesome. Highly, highly recommended in my eyes. Chris, what did you think about the price point overall? Um, this really hovers around, I think the original, close to or similar to the price point of the original on this Hermoso, which is a six and one eighths by 48, which I think is the Magic Vitola. And actually, ironically enough, is the one that's the least expensive. So you have a four and three eighths by 52, which is really kind of hovering at like a short Robusto. And then you have the five and a quarter by 50 or the five and a half by 50, which would be similar to a traditional Robusto. And then you have the one that's the fat donger, which is going to be the six and a half by 54, which is like a Toro Extra. This to me is like the perfect Vitola and happens to be the least expensive out of all of them. So what do you think about the price at coming in at about 1025? I think it's the perfect price. Honestly, maybe one or two cents more. Right. Maybe so you really like it at about that 1027, 1028. Yeah, 1028 probably. Right. Um I don't know. I think it's I think it's like a I think it's a perfect price um for the cigar. 
It's made from a good factory. It, it falls in line with a lot of the other lines in the Crown Heads lineup from a price standpoint. Um, and it's quality, so it's kind of like, you know, we've always talked about premium and luxury cigars. And it's like we can find a cigar that is just as good as this $20 cigar, $15 cigar in so many places. And this is like one of those. It's like, how do you how do you compete? <laughs> how do you compete when you've got a cigar like this that is phenomenal and it's $10? Like, right. Yeah, I think there's already, I think, uh, a, a bit more of a marketing backing, timing, other things to consider. Like if you were to say, hey you know, 1025, really good cigar. I think this one has more traction than the original did. And I agree with you. It makes it tough for others in similar categories to compete. You're always going to have the people that are investing in the Padrones and the Opus X's. We just went through that on last week's episode, you know, why people buy luxury cigars and their popularity and so on. And really, I look at something like this, and this is like really, uh, this is an amazing cigar for an everyday smoker, right? It's the guy who doesn't feel compelled to spend upwards of $20 on a cigar because, you know, holding a $20 cigar in your hand is appealing to others more than it's appealing to yourself, um, which drives me nuts. Uh, I have, I was going to say something in terms of a conversation I had with somebody specifically around luxury style cigars and questions that they were asking me about them. And really the outcome of the conversation irked me to no end, but I'm not going to say it on here because I think they listen. So um, I'll leave it with this and this cigar. Um, I like the idea that the court reserve has a resurgence in 2021. And I like the fact that it's bigger and bolder than the original. I think it's fantastic. Also, we didn't mention this earlier, but this is a regular production cigar, so that's pretty fucking awesome too. So, hats off to the new Crown Heads Court Reserve. Highly Easily, recommended. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Yeah, I can't go as far as to say that's the hot ticket, um, but definitely highly recommended. It's up there in terms of... Um, you know, the cigars essentially this year that I've had that are new releases, this is probably one of my favorites. There's only one other I can think of where I'm like, yeah, that's going to be close. Um, but this is, is absolutely fantastic. So hats off to crown heads on a fucking release. Hopefully these bad boys fly off the shelves. All right. Anything else, Chris? Good review. Good review back. We've missed a few weeks. Yeah. No, I just noticed I'm starting to look like a younger Mr. Jameson from Spider-Man. You look terrible. You really look disgusting. Yeah, you look ratty as shit. Peter! Burger! <laughs> 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 Dude, that guy's jacked. He's yeah, old. He's fucking ripped as shit, which is really wild because he's an old guy. He's got that loose skin, but he's got a lot of muscle under it. It's kind of like yeah. dad. You know, dad's got like bulging biceps, but then it's just like really loose, like... You know that kind of skin that's like real thin? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like chicken wing skin. Dad has that. And it's just kind of loose and flabby, but he's got good muscle under there. Yeah. Call them windbreakers. He just needs to tighten up, you know? He needs to tighten up a little bit. Yeah. Anywho, all right. Let's end the episode. Um, I will say this. You got to visit our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack. www.mycigarpack.com. Promo code HOT10 at checkout for $10 off your first 
pack. The July release, we've already gone through this, is OV on the El Mysterious Tiger, which is a proprietary blend for my cigar pack for from Henderson Ventura is an absolutely phenomenal cigar. They're sold in boxes of 10 and they're also sold in five packs. You can buy those now at cigaryard.com, www.cigaryard.com. Chris, anything else from you? Any closing statements? Just that I think justice has been served. The truth has come out. And shall set you free. Also, you can't handle the truth. Sorry, I'm just going through movies where people are in courtrooms and say yes. dumb shit. I wish I could embrace my inner Matthew McConaughey right now. <laughs> you kind of do like, you look like Matthew McConaughey in True Detective where he looks like he has AIDS. Actually, oh. you just look like him from Dallas Buyers Club because he actually oh. did have AIDS in that. Oh, okay. Actually, you uh. look like, what? Else? you know how many lawyers he's played? Lincoln Lawyer, Jake, you's a good lawyer. Time to Kill. Oh, At least yeah. two lawyers. I'm pretty sure he's been in three movies where he's a lawyer because there's another one too where he's like a shady ass dude. Yeah. Lincoln Lawyer is a really good movie. So is the Time yeah. to Kill. Fantastic Time movie. to Kill is great. Also, a lawyer movie of which he finds himself drinking after a hard day as a prosecutor or as a defense attorney. Every time, every time. Find me a movie where the lawyer isn't drinking after a tough day. It's every movie, every show. Anyway, all right, let's get, let's get out of this episode. Um, was this 205? 206. Six. This is 206. Holy shit, chugging right along. Um, this will conclude episode 206. We'll be back at you next week with episode 207. See everyone. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the hot ticket pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at hot ticket Chris on Instagram as well. You can find this podcast. It is available all over the place. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And you can find the podcast available on video on YouTube. Look up The Hot Ticket Weekly on YouTube, and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes if you could. And check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack, at www.mycigarpack.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.